I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. Record our episodes live in all space every week. You can join us for free, even if you don't have a VR set headset. Yes, it's true. Just log into Allspace from your laptop or PC, join our event, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. We're also proud to announce that this show is officially sponsored by the From the Barrio Foundation, which is on a mission to inspire people to seek education and develop the skills to be successful throughout their lives. Please check out fromthebarrio.com for more. Today, uh, we are talking to someone very special here. Uh, it, it is with a group called The Theory of Everything, which is a virtual group that meets to discuss such topics as science and spirituality, sleepless and solitude, lucid dreaming, and beyond, which we all try to cover today uh, in how much depth we will find out. Joining us is one of the hosts uh, for what promises to be a very thought-provoking conversation all the way from Moscow. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm emoji welcome Razzy. Hi, Ozzy <laughs> here from Theory and of, of Everything. Yes. Awesome. Well, we should also mention that Mendez is in the audience here. Mendez is also with the Theory of Everything, um, and hopefully he will chime in. He's uh, not able to give uh, us his full undivided uh, attention up on stage, but we are certainly happy to have him and certainly want to hear his thoughts. We have Haley and Eon here and Spaceman and Olex and, of course, Futurosity over there as well. So uh, thanks everyone for coming and thank you, Ozzy. Thank you for inviting me. That was really cool to know that there's more more communities, better communities, and uh, we have a lot to learn from each other. So I heard yeah. that you invited us. Absolutely. Do the talking and mostly, course, so <laughs> I'll oh, keep yeah. doing the talking here. Too. Well, we've uh, we've if if people go back into our YouTube channel or our podcast on Spotify or Apple, they may hear your voice more than once. Um, do you remember what episode you came in and, and had part yes. of was a part of the discussion? Um, merits, a 15 million merits, something from the Black Mirror. That was a, an episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 15 That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. So Futurosity's Flicks and Picks, 15 million merits. And, uh, and you, uh, you, you're in there making a cameo appearance. And that was your, I think, first appearance on the show. And here we are. You're back. Yeah, yeah. What a coincidence. After you invited me, I started like learning more about your community, the timings, and I realized that we're in different times. We do a similar activity, but at the same time, we're in different time zones, which is pretty cool. And um, I checked the date of the next event, and uh, actually, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's 3 a.m. for me, so that probably I'm, I'm not going to make it. But right. luckily, that I was sleepless, and I couldn't you know, get any sleep. I can't get no sleep. So, uh, yeah, I decided to drop by and I wasn't very coherent there, but <laughs> yeah, I tried okay. to contribute some parts of thoughts. Absolutely. Well, of course, we're doing a special Saturday morning event here because we are in different time zones. I'm in Los Angeles and you're in Moscow, right? Uh, Actually, I, I am in Russia, but Moscow. south of Russia, okay. like close to, okay. to Georgia. So. Got it. Got mm -hmm. it. Got it. Yeah, and you know, we should take a moment to say here that um, one of the things that I love so much about virtual reality is that in the meat space world, in the real world right now, you know, the West is having some uh, some tensions with Russia, mm. and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, in here there's no borders. Here there's you yeah. don't have politicians telling us who's right and who's wrong and who sh what we should do. We just get to be humans that uh, reach the borders. And connect over mm -hmm. the metaverse and are able to just be human to human. And I think that that's a really powerful way to heal the world, which is kind of a crazy place right now. Yeah. Yeah. VR yeah. is such a, such a, you know, island of, of um, adequacy, I would say, and <laughs> just like people accepting each other and learning more about the situation. Because I think the world right now is at the, um, uh, at the border between two epochs, like or two eras, yeah. like the era with propaganda and like um, monopoly for information and, uh, you know, information overload that we stepped into. And that's why people still don't have enough. Well, I believe that information, knowledge and logic is going to, you know, solve problems easily. But uh, there are so many problems in the world. And I think one of the reasons is that um, many people, they still are in the era where they don't realize that there's so much information that you can take mm -hmm. any 
any point of view, any theory, that, and you will be able to select information that is going to sound coherent mm -hmm. because there's so much information and we live in an era mm -hmm. of abundance. So I think we, we are not used to it. <laughs> survival uh, thinking patterns. I, I like the, I actually, I stole it from Hellion that he used it, the, uh, that, that kind of um, formulation that we, we still have our survival mindset instead of creation mindset. So I think that mm. it's good. The, I see these conflicts actually as something that was um, not expected, but something that could be um, maybe a new beginning for, for the uh, future changes in the world, because we are very much dependent on fossil fuels, and that becomes very, mm. uh, very obvious in the situation where Russia actually, uh, you know, <laughs> sabotages uh, the system. And I think that's going to be a good kickstart for uh, people of um, t uh, towards the greener energies and like realizing mm. that we should mm. live in more of a sustainable yeah. way, not in consumerism and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more that I feel like. I, I couldn't agree more that I feel like what we're experiencing in the world is growing pains. Like you're saying, there's there's sort of a transition to this new era. We're coming out of the industrial mm -hmm. age. We're headed into the digital uh, age. It feels like mm -hmm. everything is shifting and there's a sort of a power grab. And some people are trapped in the old way. Some people are thinking about the new way. Um, so so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. The one thing that I'm always shocked about, uh, and we'll get into your, your origin story and all that soon, but this is already we're diving into interesting topics. Um, uh, totally unexpe unexpected, <laughs> but those are sometimes the best ones. But um, I, I do, I do feel like, uh, is that? Yeah, keeping the conversation alive. So, like, abundance of information. We have so much information. You would think, oh my God, this is going to be a golden age where everyone is mm -hmm. going to know the truth. There's going to be not as much conflict then we're going to, you know, but what actually ha ended up happening is the untruths or the lies became as powerful as the truths. And there's so much information that no one knows what's real. And so no one knows what to trust mm -hmm. anymore. And no one knows. So how do you distinguish between uh, fake news and real news? And is there such a thing as real news? Because it's all based on perspectives. It's all decentralized and everyone has their own take on a certain angle. And so we're in a much more complicated era where there's much more um, half-truths and, and grays instead of black and whites. Um, so this is an interesting mm -hmm. byproduct of uh, an age of uh, abundant information, like you're saying, which I, I didn't uh, sort of see coming, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the, the it just feels like the uh, human history is changing so rapidly and it becomes mm -hmm. faster. And uh, mm -hmm. even the pace that we are trying to distinguish between two eras, actually, we are stepping into the third one. <laughs> you can keep up with all that. And I think that, it's, well, in my opinion, it's good. It's good to have um, many things and then you can cut the, the things that you have to re get rid of. Um, and instead of having like nothing and it's going to be difficult to get anything. So I think the era of abundance has more potential than the era of uh, scarcity. So I believe that people uh, realize that we live in a different uh, era. And uh, I think that people will start adapting to it instead of memorizing things. We'll we actually discussed it today because we had a, an event just before, uh, like a, a few hours before, and we were discussing education and education actually has to change and um, shift from memorizing and uh, to, to processing information, to sift mm -hmm. through the information and have simple logical principles that are going to help to, um, you know, to, to tell what's, what's, um, you know, um, What's the reliable information and what's the reliable source and what does make sense? But it's challenging and people are lazy and our brain actually, you know, <laughs> consumes too much to, um, to to waste energy and to to do something that doesn't bring immediate uh, benefit. Hopefully, people will realize that this is something that we have to do, and um, I believe that we can do it um, in a simple way, easy way, like um, making it exciting and fun to learn and to you know uh solve those little problems maybe is gonna bring a new generation of people who are going to uh, be able to distinguish things easily and quickly i see that in my nephews they're much younger than us but their logic and their um mindset is so much clearer than 
ours because we have too much of those, uh, you know, systems and boxes values come from previous generations. And yeah, mm -hmm. I just, yeah, whatever is demanded is going to come. It just needs yeah, time. I, I, I love the optimism. You know, I, th I feel like there are certain people out there who like, I think Elon Musk has said that we are entering into the most dangerous period in human history. And the reason for that is because we have all of these uh, world-destroying weapons at our disposal. We're going through a massive transition in the way we organize the world. And mm -hmm. with that comes friction. And if we can survive this transitional period, we'll be in that land of, of, uh, of abundance. But it's going to be getting there where it's like, well, are we going to make it or not? And so, you know, uh, I also generally am an optimistic person and believe that we'll, uh, humanity Ooh. will prevail in the end. Uh, it's it's mm -hmm. going to be a little anxiety uh, and nerve wracking in the meantime, <laughs> so you know, to deal with the the the, the uh, turbulence along the way. But uh, I hope you're right with your nieces and nephews. The next generation is going to be able to uh, come together for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. If cool. I always say that uh, if, if we don't pass that test, it means that we are not ready. We we if we can't pass the simple tests of uh, taking responsibility for our freedom for our uh, knowledge for understanding I love what I love about VR is that we constantly see the globe. Imagine how different the paradigms are in different countries because the the simplest example is actually maps. You take maps that are in schools for for education in Russia. They they center Russia somewhere in the middle, and the rest of the world is like on the sides. Mm. Take any other country, and they have the same paradigm. They put themselves mm. in the middle of the map, and then the rest of the world is somewhere there. It was funny to see Australian uh, map. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the world is somewhere there, and I think that 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 fragmented um, uh, picture of the reality actually. You know, prov um, something that brings those, uh, you know, uh, different tools of uh, propaganda into every country. And ma manipulations happen every day, and um, people get more uh, uh, prone to to those manipulations when they have only fragmented of the reality. I believe right. that uh, in uh, VR is a very good example how people get acquainted to this new reality and more of a holistic understanding, like of of the world and the vision of the world. Once you see the ins and outs and different, you know, aspects of it, I think it gets easier, and you you value diversity. Right. Whether when well, you have a fragmented picture of the reality, you want to, you know, keep to the um, unified, one united, you know, uh, one right way to see the world, which is non-existent. But yeah, absolutely. No, makes sense. So the metaverse will save us. Will, uh, the metaverse will save the meat space world. That's right. Everyone here, we're, we knew we were saviors of the world. But uh, if anyone had anything, please let us know. How's it going? Uh, Tiasha, I think that's how you say your name, Mendez, Hero, Elsa, uh, use the raise hand option, and we will definitely call on you. Um, before we dive into some of the topics that you cover in the theory of everything, we sort of like to touch on the origin story, how you got into VR. And, you know, mm -hmm. you bring this sort of interesting philosophical debates into VR. Do you have that in your outside world as well? Or is that something that you can express in here where you're not able to in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, good question. Actually, we started this these events like one year and a half, like eight months ago. Uh, Menda, I and my our friend Paul, we were in the same room at some random uh, event. We, we didn't know each other. I knew Paul. And we were discussing some topic, and uh, theoretically, and we actually wanted to 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 double check what's the empirical evidence for that. And then Mendes steps in, and he says, "I have a personal experience about it." And so, yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. And uh, me and Mendes, we started talking about things, and he said, "Oh, do you have a blog or somewhere where you talk about things you talk about?" I'm like, "No, I never. It's, I came to VR to um, satisfy my need." or uh, systematization of what I learned uh, within the uh, pandemic period. Because in the beginning of the 2020, it was so stressful because the amount of positive news I got, uh, which I normally, I can't just ignore the information and news that I see all around me. It was so depressing that I decided to turn to something that is eternal and interesting. It was science. So I decided mm -hmm. to resume my 
knowledge about different uh, areas like, um, I don't know, chemistry and uh, physics and all the late news about biology and um, neurology and all. So after I accumulated all that knowledge, I had a natural need to express it somewhere. And I always do that through speech. So yeah, we did. And Mendes was so quick and he said, oh, I can do the technical stuff and we can uh, have a, a little. So it was like a, a very fresh idea and it was so quick that uh, we, the next day we actually had our first event. And it's it's so inspiring that actually it starts so many uh, aspects of my personality that never had any um, a real application in my real life. So uh, even my, I would say that if you, uh, if I, Come back to your question. I would say that my answer would be probably the second um, option, where I have two different personalities. Because normally, I notice that in Outspace, I enjoy how people um, uh, decorate their avatars and uh, build their avatars. They're similar to their personalities, the hair color and the complexion and all that. And um, I did that in the beginning. But after a couple of conversations where people thought that I'm older, I decided to have fun. And actually, we had a little game with uh, Mendes. We were experimenting, changing color of uh, skin and hair and everything and uh, seeing how people, uh, if, if it influences the way they uh, perceive us or something like that. So eventually, I stopped at this uh, you know, gray hair <laughs> style, mm. which um, yeah was a little bit more, um, maybe a bit older. Okay. Well, with, with of course, it's the gray of the wisdom, right? So you're, you're, it's like you've got the you put your avatar to be the wise <laughs> avatar. But it's interesting. I, I, I always find that when people first come in, they it's just like you're saying they want to replicate what they look like in the beat space world, and after mm -hmm. a while, they think, no, this is just a totally new personality. And I, you know, I, I have a evolution of how uh, I've looked in the metaverse here, and it started off. Uh, a little bit different and, and it grew and grew and grew and changed and so um one point i had blue skin and i was trying things like you're talking mm -hmm. about just to sort of uh, yeah. play around with everything experiment so, yeah mm -hmm. i totally get that um that's great so yeah your events are usually on um saturday mornings i guess because it, uh it, where's mendez is mendez also in um russia or is he uh well, he's he in based, michigan uh, michigan okay so yeah you're, you're really uh, yeah um, but, Thanks to Mendes, he's um, he's uh, he just uh, messes up his sleeping schedule <laughs> just to yeah. be there and uh, to to show up. So yeah, we have Fridays and Saturdays normally. So uh, our whole history was about uh, Fridays and Friday, uh, Saturdays because people have um, you know more time. I have more time. And uh, actually, first events I had to attend when we started at two two a.m. or midnight, something like that. It was midnight for me and uh, some something more um, acceptable for U.S. based audience and then over time we just decided to shift it somewhere like in between so people can um, attend from different time zones Got it. okay right, cool. so well, we'll, i i think we have uh hand raise mm -hmm. uh, so we're we before we get the hand raise went away <laughs> so if uh i think that was you Oakty. if you have anything to add uh let us know use the raise hand option we'll definitely call on you meantime uh before uh here, i think maybe she's here okay i think okay uh is it going i just wanted to say salam to my brother that's it <laughs> lots of, lots of, okay no problem. no problem thank you um all right so you know you, you cover so many uh, interesting topics on your uh events uh we've we've sort of very picked some of our favorite ones uh, starting with science and spirituality, which is a massive topic. Um, where do you start with that topic and what are some of the more interesting things you've discussed in there? Uh, actually, every topic is just so interesting, but this combination is actually something that we always come back to. It's like science and spirituality because I um, I use scientific methods as well as much as I can to um, to sift through the information and filter what's, what's uh, fake news, what's news uh what's um something just to be noted maybe for the future and stuff like that and spirituality is something that is very encouraging to, to explore and just to speculate on because it's spiritual uh, needs and spiritual uh, part is something that is almost intangible 
while science is more uh, responsible for tangible. So in the, uh, typically people see controversy between these two, like almost a conflict between these two. But I believe that it's there's no conflict. It's just two things that you can apply to different uh, you know areas. And we we'd like to explore both and to to with science, we try to find out what's the uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the most, um, like truthful information I would say, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why we gather in our talk show. So that way people can share and bring what they know and their experiences into the, uh, you know, open floor. And then we can, uh, select from that, what's going to be, you know, the most, um, common and frequently, uh, met truth and probably most verifiable and, uh, virtuality ourselves to, you know, fly away from from tangible things, from everyday, um, you know, even you know those things, material things that uh, science is responsible for, and we try to explore different views and opinions because people don't discuss that too much. And uh, in VR, we have an, a great opportunity to have people from all over the world. There's so much diversity, not enough, but still. And it's it's interesting to see how people can discuss that because when you discuss quality inside the U.S. It's a very limited approach because um, even though there is some diversity, there is um, a a certain, not agenda, but like uh, the majority of people, for example, are Christian and they're not aware of many things um, and they're not exposed to many things. Whereas when you are in full of people from all over the world, and because I have some exposure to different um, uh, areas and different cultures, uh, we can have more of, you know, a diverse view to things. And I share some, uh, for example, if somebody speaks um, about some side of spirituality that is uh, towards one uh, pole, I always try to bring in some information from another side of the pole so that way we can get different um, perspectives to the same thoughts or to the same ideas and to exchange our um, feelings about it and um, our emotions and how we feel is going to be the best solution for us maybe or yeah just interesting to talk about both these topics and uh yeah i think that you now we always try to uh register how people share their thoughts and normally we have sometimes conflicts between again as i said there's a common conflict between uh, spirituality and i would say religion mostly in science and some you know uh, atheism or something like that so we always try to bring that up and then try to assist in the end of the event and during the event, we try to uh, make it whole and merge everything and show that there's no contradiction. So we can embrace both and uh, take the best of both of them. Okay. Um, okay. Well, Okti has something else to add here, perhaps. So Okti, uh, do you have something to add? Aisha. Uh, when you were saying about the science and the spirituality, uh, you actually completed what I wanted to say. So uh, for me personally, I don't see that they're divorced. I see them that they can mm-hmm. be together and that they are together, not separate. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely. I guess you're talking, uh, when you talk spirituality, it's non-denominational. It's the idea of, it's the idea of this, the spirituality is something beyond what can be measured uh, by scientific tools. And so it's sort of yeah. like the science is the known and the uh, and the uh, spirituality is the unknown. Is that sort of a way that you might think about it? Yeah, I, as I see that you're absolutely correct, but I think people mostly come different uh, perspective and they might see science as something that is opposed to uh, um, like right. spiritual spirituality is another good question is it spirituality or belief faith uh, maybe religion all different notions they are in the same box but they're different and that's why it's another we had uh, many topics actually this is a narrative of many uh, events so we had multiple events because if we let people start the conversation and it's not finished after like one hour and, and 30 minutes then it makes sense to bring it uh, again in some other perspective so that way we can continue the discussion and uh, because the topic is vast and interesting. So yeah, I, I love science and uh, I, I don't mind spirituality because I'm interested in spirituality and I, I think this is something that I'm really keen on and I want to learn more about because I trust science, but spirituality is something there's, there's no um, you know one opinion there. So it's it's like a new land. Right. <laughs> right, absolutely. 
Okay, great. So then uh, another one which uh, I thought was uh, kind of interesting was the loneliness and solitude. So, you know, I think that this was particularly um, um, meaningful in the pandemic, but of course is always that. So in the pandemic, mm -hmm. a lot of people that ended up in virtual reality were stuck at home in a quarantine, unable to communicate with people and lack of uh, community and that lack of uh, social interaction really um, hampered people's uh, ability to be happy and to, to feel like they've had a satisfying day. And so they came into the metaverse and they met people in here. How, yeah, how did you think about loneliness and isolation? And uh, well, typically I come up with topics very easily because I have a poster where I have like two, two or three maximum words where, where I can stick them in. So I just take some concepts that are like when you say these words, as I'm, uh, I'm a linguist, that's why I constantly think in uh, words and combinations and, and languages. And that's why uh, when somebody says love or freedom or uh, loneliness is such abstract. Um, you know, ideas, they're so different. And that's why it's so interesting to meet people in person and ask each of them, what do you think thing is? Because uh, in VR, people are almost always uh, beyond typical and standard thinking. Um, it's, it's interesting to listen to many people, but here I get more, more of a creative answers that's like more of a beyond the third ones that's why the conversation becomes like very interesting and you don't have a strict uh, you know agenda there and it's very you know fluid and uh, people can segue from one topic to another just following their train of thoughts and uh, just being respectful to others and giving your comments uh, it's just like precious how people share their ideas. And this particular uh, uh, event was very interesting. I was just actually yesterday checking the same the recording of it, uh, which I have on my YouTube channel. So uh, it was fun to see how people segue from one topic to another. And loneliness is such a uh, an interesting, mm, you know, point to start because loneliness is so subjective. It doesn't depend on, uh, you know, what everybody thinks. Sometimes it's something what, that you feel. It's not the fact that you found you, and it's that's the most important part. The way you subjectively see uh, the world and how you feel about the you know the the loneliness or solitude. And also, I wanted to two words because loneliness uh, mostly has this uh, sad, negative uh, meaning and emotions to it, mm. and solitude is more of a you know dignified. Mm. <laughs> you know, solo travel something that's why i think it's uh interesting to explore too and uh see what's the difference and uh listen to be it's always unexpected what people bring into the event every event is just uh so unique and interesting to see what people say so even if you repeat the same event many times it it may have like a totally different vibe and totally different um you know um atmosphere every time so mm. this one was particularly right. interesting because yeah it's fun. No, go ahead. I was going to ask what what might be an example of an interesting uh, answer that you got or part of the discussion. Oh, good question. Uh, I think many people said that loneliness is very subjective and it there is no loneliness. I love how Paul said that. How can you be bored? If you have yourself. You can, you know, hmm. there's so much to learn and there's so right. much to explore about yourself. When people realize that uh, loneliness is a very subjective uh, perception of the situation. It's not always the situation itself. Then people come to the realization that when the pandemic hit, actually um, pe people said that they had this um, a time where they were lonely in the beginning. But later, they found their solitude. They found their, um, you know, under the level of themselves and some interesting things about their personality and being around themselves that it actually brought them to the whole new level of the perception like i like to move around i like to travel and i it feels like this is something like a must i'm addicted to this but i heard people saying that uh they they have changed because they experienced this mm, you know feeling of being around yourself and being comfortable traveling inside your you know your own world yes mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the way there. <laughs> yeah, right. Interesting. And I'm curious, you know, how do you how do you um, talk? How do you start a conversation about something like this? Like, how do you uh, ask the question to the audience or how do you get the conversation going? If that's the, the biggest probably uh, advantage of having two co-hosts. 
that I always have been this. And I, as I said before the first event, I just love talking to you. And I, I think that we have similar mindset, but at the same time, I, I always uh, am amazed and, and surprised at what people share and Mendes shares. And Helian was at our first event, was it the second event, something like that. And it was just interesting. And I was almost hungry to hear and know what other people feel that are so similar to me in of you know the mindset and the uh, place where we are i guess and uh, yeah it was just interesting to and i said like even if you come and there's like no other people it's still going to be interesting <laughs> because we came to discuss this topic and that's it so we choose the topic every week that we want to discuss each of us sometimes we choose you know uh in, in turns um like the topics that we are more interested each of us and then people just join and they kind of come to join our conversation that always uh, is going on all there anyway so i think that's the most organic way the, the way we discuss we just start the conversation i have a lot to talk about and i depending on the group sometimes the the like you know the talk show is very active and people want to join they want to speak out and they want to uh, express themselves then i keep my thoughts to myself because it's uh, in only the the parts of my thoughts that are not you know mentioned i try to add them to the conversation so that way it makes the it richer or gives somebody another perspective and it comes naturally that people when they listen to other people they always have some comments about it and it kind of naturally uh, goes where it goes and luckily, we have around 15, 20 people every, like uh, concurrently. So um, there's always somebody who wants to talk about uh, things. And I love how naturally people arrange into circle and because they mm. feel like this is a common, you know, space. They have to see everybody and, uh, you know, contribute into our common um, formation space, something like that. So, yeah, right. it kind of becomes natural. It's a blessing. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even well, have any hear, effort. I'd love to hear from Delia Dion or anyone else who at your events and maybe hearing what your favorite events are or how you think of the events. That'd be really great. And Mendez, if you wanted to add something too, uh, I'd love to hear about your uh, perspective on, on the events and topics as well. Um, so the other one that I was curious about was lucid dreaming. This is pretty interesting. I've experimented with lucid dreaming uh, in the past. I guess I could start by just giving my experience is that I felt like I uh, my so for those of you out there who don't know what lucid dreaming is, you want to just give a little definition before we talk about it. Oh, I, I love the way that you have more experience at this. So I, I would love to give the word to you. So maybe you can brief everybody on what lucid dream. Actually, the event's name was a little bit longer. Uh, sleep, uh, dreams. I mean, because we talked about all aspects and I'm not very experienced at lucid dreaming. So I talked about neurological aspects of sleep and functions and all that and mm. about dreams that I have sometimes. And uh, yeah, so lucid dreaming would be totally your <laughs> sphere of expertise. Okay. I see. Mm -hmm. Generally, what I understand lucid dreaming to be is a state of awareness within a dream. So you're able to be um not completely unconscious, but aware uh, and able to change or um, be a protagonist or proactive agent within your dream and able to shift its narrative as you go. Um, and so I thought this was a, a really cool idea. Um, and so I tried uh, experimenting with it. I bought this book on lucid dreaming and I sort of started to practice it. And what I found is that throughout a waking day, Everything I do, I'm in control of. I'm thinking about something and I'm trying to proactively change it in the world. I'm, I want to go to the corner store. I want to have this discussion. I want to get this promotion. Mm -hmm. I'm always in control and I'm always in charge of my destiny trying to move forward in the world. Mm -hmm. And I found that, um, and I, when I, I found that lucid dreaming brought that sort of sense of control into my dream. It felt a little foreign mm -hmm. to me. It felt a little un, that unnatural and unhealthy. But I felt like, you know, I don't want to be a, such a control freak that I'm even controlling my dreams. I feel like dreams <laughs> yeah. have a different function. And the, the function that other the dreams might have is that it's allowing my mind to be free to explore the things that my conscious mind might not want to explore or might not have thought of in a particular way. And so I think it actually augments my waking life by allowing freedom of my um, unconscious or subconscious mind to go to go free in, in, in a dream. And so when I was hampering that with my conscious self, I just felt like I, I'm starting to miss something 
uh, in, in a healthy mental state. <laughs> so uh, mm -hmm. that's, that was one thing. And then the other thing was that I just found like you, I always was, as I was entering deeper sleep, I was trying to get into that semi-waking state and the, mm -hmm. it, it constantly was not allowing me get into, to get into deep REM sleep. And so I was constantly tired <laughs> because I wasn't mm -hmm. able to do it. Yeah, makes and, sense. And so for those, yeah. Yeah, for those two reasons, I stopped doing lucid dreaming. But I'm curious if you had any other experiences or if anyone else had any other experiences with it. Actually, after that event, after, I was curious about lucid dreaming, and I have heard people mention that multiple times. That's why I decided to uh, bring that up. But personally, at the event, uh, I think it was Wayland. He said, uh, yeah, sure, you can try lucid dreaming. You could, he gave me a lot of references, like books and try and he says, well, it's going to totally screw up your sleeping schedule. I'm like, okay, I think I'm scared off. <laughs> so I have tried it, and my dreams are typically very... Mm, how to say it, like um gray and not very impressive and however yeah. there's a very interesting aspect to it that i have i've always had like very violent dreams for some reason and my husband even says that um it's when i tell him about my dreams what i dreamt about like last night and something and I love the, the way he explains it. So, yeah, and uh, that's why I didn't want to get into this you know, difficult um, training because some people have natural predisposition towards, uh, you know, lucid dreaming. I have a few students uh, when I started talking about it in my real life. Uh, one of the girls, she said that I, I just accidentally sometimes slip out of my regular sleep right. and get to some strange, you know, state of lucid dreaming. And I feel like I'm going to be that uh, untalented <laughs> student for, for lucid dreaming because my dreams are just so yeah my sleep is too deep and uh, it's going to be difficult to control anything <laughs> in my right. uh, dream state so yeah but it was a very interesting topic because people shared their own experiences and of course we uh, segued to some other um like altered states of mind probably uh, at that event like mm -hmm. spiritual things and uh, i think it was that time when uh one of the uh participants they uh she shared about um uh her experience of mesmerizing herself it's so like a hypnosis mm -hmm. using the mirror mm -hmm. like what that's something interesting well it was an interesting event it was fun in how people shared and uh, uh somebody actually recommended me to watch a film uh, uh netflix about um uh, lucid dreaming and it was a fun experience as well I love how mm. VR enriches my real life. And uh, yeah, I, mm. I know more about lucid dreaming right now. And I can, I started registering my dreams and all that. So, yeah, I'm to yeah. learn. But right. yeah, where I started, I was just about sleep, you know. <laughs> that helps right, right, your right. brain to function and yeah, yeah. your memory and I all always, that. Yeah, I always think of that Star Trek episode where they go to this part of the space where they aren't allowed to have REM sleep and the whole ship goes insane and starts to attack each other. Mm. And I feel like that because the REM sleep actually mm -hmm. allows you to reset and to, to supercharge mm -hmm. uh, your, you know, your battery, your mind's battery. And keep, it, it almost like defragging a computer, like it allows everything yeah. to fall back into a pattern in your mind. And that is, that is very important because we, um, like with people who have difficulties, um, Sometimes I had that. <laughs> yeah, our brain is gonna experience the same problem. If you have too much going on and there's no no time, you don't you don't understand what's what's a priority anymore because there's too much and you get you know um, you scatter your information and, and I mean your effort and your attention and that's why it's it gets difficult to understand what's important. And I think for our body, it's a must to sleep. No coincidence that um, yeah, evolution actually brought that our life Absolutely. that's the price you have um, to pay yeah cool well you know i'm sure that there's many many uh other topics that are uh that you cover what are some of your other favorites that i haven't uh covered today in a, in a slide yeah i was just thinking uh what was my favorite uh I, yeah language actually uh, was one of the events that i enjoyed a lot because i had something to share and that's why i brought some slides and uh actually in the beginning we had more of a lecture style while i had something to share and uh, now we more we have more of a you know, um, shared format of talk show. And uh, yeah, at that event, I, I really enjoyed how people uh, and 
probably because the majority of people in the room were um, not bilingual or like polyglots, it was a good chance for me to share some fun facts about different languages and how people think differently. For example, in my native language, which is not Russian, uh, there's another local language that I know. It's rather rare. And um, uh, the, the way we say I love you is actually um, similar to Avatar uh, film by Nolan. Was it Nolan? Mm. I don't remember. Uh, that uh, where they Chris said, James I Cameron. see you. Yeah, James Cameron, exactly. <laughs> I, I was new. I knew that I would recognize, but I couldn't. Anyway, um, yeah. And the way we say I love you is the way I see you very well, which, mm. which has its fine philosophy. It's uh, like, you know, wow. it's very interesting how you see a person. And it changes the perspective so much instead of I love you, it's just one direction. And there is like, I see who you are. And the, the mm. fact that I see it, it means that I love you so much that I take time to, you know, to put away all my uh, ideas of who you are and to actually look at you and accept who you are. So yeah, I love, I love these little linguistic differences. So beautiful it's beautiful except uh when you're looking at somebody who's a serial killer <laughs> that may not well, want to every i believe that every person has something interesting in them even you know uh, maniacs if, if they're passionate i respect passion <laughs> i know it's not typical to say that way but to me it's very you know you can love anybody in the and sometimes those people who are who don't deserve uh, mercy and love maybe the ones that need love and mercy most of all so that's, that's the paradox. Yeah. We want to love those who don't need our love sometimes and those people who yeah. really need our love and uh, our energy and our uh, mercy and good good uh, relation, you know, treatment, maybe sometimes they don't get that because they're yeah. not, not as lucky. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, it's, again, a very, I, I love that you have this sort of uh, beautiful, hopeful, optimistic uh, perspective. It's, it's, it's refreshing. Um, and I'm always, I, I should say, before we move on to language, I'm always jealous of people uh, who come from Europe or other parts of the world that know so many languages. So if you know Russian and your English is so great, I, 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 good, great work on that. Uh, it, this is probably your third language and you're uh, more eloquent than most of my guests, which is really impressive. Um, what's the <laughs> language that's the, the more uh, local language that you know that's not Russian and do you know any others? Uh, I, well, yeah, I do. Uh, the the republic where I come from is called Kabardino, Bulgaria. There's a person who knows where it is because we discussed oh. many uh, different locations and we have a monolithic structure there. Actually, it's very uh, unusual information for me. Uh, and there are two different nationalities. So I speak Kabardian or Adigebza or Cherkess. It has so many different names, it's hard to tell. But I think people who live in Turkey could know because there are like Five plus million people live in there who were exiled at some, you know, a couple of uh, uh, centuries ago uh, during a big conflict between Russia and Caucasus. Uh, many people of my nationality were exiled through sea to territory of Turkey. That's why there's one million people in Russia inside Russia and five million people in Turkey. So when you say Cherkes in Turkey, it's easy to know. But for the rest of the world is some, you know, uh, rare, uh, almost extinct uh, language that is, um, you know, being uh, lost because it's too difficult to speak. When you learn Russian, Russian is easier. The kids uh, prefer to switch to Russian, and they don't use their native language that much. But it's it's yeah. fun. It this language um, is is very funny, and it has like very long words, and uh, it's famous for some different uh, long words. Where we have one, there's one fun example like It's like one word that means I couldn't wrap out of uh, some, like something like a blanket, like uh, I couldn't wrap up, uh, wrap out of something. So, well, yeah, whole story there. Wow. And Good. I was curious yeah. about different languages. So I know a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of French. Um, I studied uh, Turkish. Yeah, some some of it. I can have like basic conversations and move around and all. That. Uh, surprisingly, Japanese. <laughs> I've watched so many anime wow. that now I can almost understand like 70% of what they're saying wow. in Japanese and it, uh, just funny phrases. And yeah, I just love languages. And every time I have a chance to learn something more, like I, I just came back from Thailand and I learned something from uh, Thai language. It's rather difficult, but uh, fun to learn more about different languages because it reflects the culture and the history of every um, uh, nation or group of people. Wow. So it's, it's fun. The fast uh, way to can, learn. You, 
it's also so fascinating because it it shows you a different way to think about the world, right? It, it, it language is really the mediator between your brain understanding and deciphering the environment, and so it's it's sort of mm -hmm. like a, a different operating system. You're seeing the world mm -hmm. through uh, a different eyes. So it's it's I, I love learning other languages. I'm not as apparently not as good as you at that. Uh, I I know a t t tiny tiny little bit of French and, and English, and that's about <laughs> it. It's sort of sad. That's still um, good. Uh, one one interesting fact about languages before we move on. Uh, we intuitively think that our brain and our uh, experience forms the language, but Noam Chomsky, which is a very uh, like um, a very important you know figure in the world of linguistics, he was like one of the fathers of this uh, you know whole new wave of. Uh, they he says that the language forms the way we think, so the meaning of language is underestimated in our everyday um, you know situations and just. Pay attention to the to the propaganda. They always like to change the words. Like in Russia, for example, they take the word war and they say, "Oh, you, sh you can't say war about uh, some things that uh, happen. You should use another word." Or maybe you know, changing the language actually influences the culture, influences people in the way we think. So, yeah, never like underestimate language. Uh, double speak and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think we've got Haley and wants to say something. It, uh, you may, you may, I think you may have uh, pushed yourself over onto the edge of the stage there. So if you want to come just a little bit closer to the two shot here, we'll have a nice uh, view of you. Perfect. There we go. All right. So Haley and uh, Eon, yes, who seems to know where this uh, secret nation is. How's it going, Haley? <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Um, if I cough, by the way, I've got a cold, but I, I think I'm okay now. I couldn't sort of, um, yeah, go through this without, first of all, saying, you know, how brilliant that is, um, and uh, Mendes done a, a, a job of uh, doing these uh, eras of everything over the last, um, certainly a year and a half, at least, uh, for a number of the last years. Um, I've, I've, I chipped in at that point because um, I was rather amused on one of them, and it's the way it often goes, that... Um, I have to mention to Azzy, and I know she keeps, every time I say this, but I'm writing a series of science fiction books, okay? And in the second one, I was writing a story which was going to be based in Cabadina, Bulgaria. And I didn't know oh. at the time that that's where Azzy lives. And I remember, remember that day I came over to you at the end of the uh, meeting, and I said, oh, do you know mm -hmm. anything about Cabadina, Bulgaria? Because there's a, there's a weird shaft thing there, which, um, anyway, it's an interesting story. And of course, Azzy came up and said, oh, that's where I live. So, um, wow. we, we, we really in got fact, to like that. 20 kilometers yeah. from the area. Oh, now, it was such an unbelievable Azzy. coincidence. Yeah. Coincidence. Oh. Yeah, because I was writing it. And so now Azzy, a character called Azzy, even though it's 4,000 years ago, is actually the, the star in this particular story in the book. Wow. So, and it relates also, what she's doing there relates to language, because uh, language has got very important sort of a, uh, Things to work out in in terms of the very distant past, you know, as the how you write a book and people conversing with each other many thousands of years ago. So uh, yeah, I just just uh, really amused at that particular event. And other things have happened as well. I haven't we really asked during some of our um, programs? I, I love these coincidences. I think yeah. we, we it was like a needle in the link somehow because you uh, <laughs> often think about the same thing, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just enjoy talking to Helian anytime because it's always so fascinating to discuss different things. I love your books. Uh, by the way, I'm still waiting for your um, uh, paperback be be shipped, whenever it's possible. Signed copy. Uh, sorry, yeah, I dropped out then. But yeah, I'll, did you say send you one? Or yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, whenever whenever it's possible, send me your signed copy. <laughs> Of a paperback book. Oh, right, brilliant. Yes. Well, I need your address. <laughs> In the moment, yeah, I see. Nazi, Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There yeah. might be only one Nazi there. You might get lucky. <laughs> they all know. I'm sure they all know. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because uh, it's a very, very rare name, even where I come from. So it's not going to be too difficult to, to find me, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we love, you know, we love. We oh, love sci-fi here. I'm a sci-fi writer myself, so I would love to see your books. We'll have to be in touch after the show, and uh, who knows? We, uh, maybe I could have this a new is reading. This the name list. of the first one in Eon, the first one of the series of five called Halion Eon. Halion yeah. Eon, very cool. Well, uh, yeah, That's I want to definitely... Okay, great. Okay, we'll check it out, absolutely. Cool, well, thank you, Halion. That's, that's, a, that's a very auspicious and... Uh, 
and interesting, almost uh, what Jung uh, would call a synchronicity uh, moment, uh, right? Where mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. even through this uh, abstract place called the metaverse, you two have found each other in such a rare uh, instance of connection. So how how wild is that? I love it. It is. It is. And same with Mendes. Same with same with Halion. it just happens so naturally and then you you never know like paul has become my almost my family and uh like uh, like everybody else here like mendez and uh Halion, but uh paul passed away recently so i just realized how 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 powerful these connections are and how sincere my uh love to each of, of you guys is so it was like um only the moment when i realized that Paul was a member oh, of the group who passed away. That. Is that what? Oh, that's, uh... Uh, yes, he was the my one of my early friends in, in VR and who was the one who um, we, we were discussing things and we met. So it was like a mm-hmm. memorable moment too that we had that synchronicity with uh, all, yeah, I think, members of the community. So yeah, I, I think uh, it's going to be a good idea to dedicate one of the events to Paul. So maybe in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, I'm going to prepare uh, like my introspective into the world of who Paul is for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's okay. the idea. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but um, uh, that, that sounds like a moving testament. I think Halion wants to add one more comment here before we move on. Yes, Halion. Are you able there to speak? Go. Yeah, okay, I think you can do another one, that's right, yeah. Sorry, it was really just to sort of sum up, just saying that um, I think that uh, I started using VR regularly, I think at about the same time as Aziz and Mendez set up Mm -hmm. the uh, theory of everything, so I was still pretty new at the time, but it was one of the things for me that really clicked, and it's um, uh, because they stretch your mind, you hear from people all around the world, Um, we, we... recently introduced haven't you a globe which is in the middle of this big circle that we talk around mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. see where the people are around the world and it is amazing to see how how sort of a how much of the world that we we get in some of the conversations and you get a different facet as i as as he was just saying there you get different viewpoints um and uh, uh you realize that there are different viewpoints which uh, often doesn't happen because you're in a particular sector so I just wanted to mm-hmm. say thank you to Azzy and uh, Mendes as well for, 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 for setting you. up and running all these uh, theories of everything because they take a lot of work, don't they? It's just precious how I think it maybe we both me and Mendes are so, you know, we have so many things that we multitask constantly on that I think mm-hmm. that this show would not maybe last so long if it wasn't for Helion and everybody who joins and keeps coming back. And that's something that really uh, encourages so much. And it just makes it so interesting to, that I want to go back even after like a long day of work and it's evening and everything. But mm-hmm. after, before and after the event, I'm always very hyped and very active. Like, oh, so many thoughts, so many ideas. Like I just enjoy mm-hmm. it so much because of the, you know, the conversations and people who come. I think that's that's such a precious uh, chance for me to meet all these people and uh, hope I have, I have this idea, crazy idea to uh, visit every uh, one from our community, like those uh, in an inner circle of uh, community in real life. So yeah, that would be fun. Oh. Meet in person, yeah. So that, that perfectly uh, leads us to our, our last section here, which we like to talk about the future. And so... I guess the first question is, you know, we're just sort of, I feel like pioneers in this thing called the metaverse and virtual reality. And where do you think this is all headed? And and then uh, beyond that, what is up for you guys in the theory of everything? Besides uh, seeing everyone in real life, that would be incredible to do a real world tour. Yeah, that would be fun. Um so many aspects. As you as you said, I try to stay optimistic and I think that there are pioneers that and just because we are cur- a little bit more curious than the rest of the humanity, uh, we, we started exploring it. For me, it's, it's just a, uh adventure, I think, in, in the first place. And then I think that this is a new uh, world. I would say this is like a, a layer that um, is over the planet and there's no boundaries, no nationalities, no nothing. 
definitely maybe language problem, but I'm I, I'm sure that in the future, many uh, different technologies, for example, provided by AI or some, I just had an idea yesterday to try to integrate some different uh, types of technologies into this. So that way we can have more communication. For example, we would never have a problem to, um, you know, to find each other if um, there was access from all points for, from all points of the planet and there was no language barrier just because there are little tools that help us to understand each other better and appreciate uh, each other in a better way. And um, despite the, the fact that I'm optimistic, I always um, uh, feel comfortable about the dark side of things. And mm -hmm. I've been thinking that maybe this is something that people see as a, a you know, a, a playful, you know, a pastime for, for, you know, dreamers like us. But if you think about it, if we travel to distant stars and we have uh, starships that are big enough to, to contain people, this would be an amazing way to pass, you know, to, to feel comfortable about the, uh, the limited, you know, space that we have in is isolation during the pandemic same you you can stay in the same room but as a, at the, but be around the world in any place with anybody uh talking about uh, the topics that you prefer and then this could be something uh, combined with blockchain technologies and like cryptocurrencies and all that this could be the society of the future where there is no uh, hierarchy right uh vertical hierarchy it's going to be a horizontal fellowship um you know, peer-based uh, communication where people can express themselves and do what they can do best and other people can support them by, uh, you know, little donations through cryptocurrencies or anything. Uh, so many ways, so many ideas that we can actually implement into the future. And there's going to be more coming once we start trying some combinations. We'll always have some new ideas, new exciting horizons of, of uh, creativity and functionality more of a practical person so i'm sure that this is could vr could be used the metaverse could be used for uh, psychological health for education mm -hmm. for broadening your mindset for talk shows for concerts for so many different things for ex collective experiences this is there's so much potential even at the level right now which is a technically very uh you know i think this is uh, early days of of the metaverse so even with the current technical level it still has a lot of functions and um future applications i'm sure about it and yeah. yeah i think i think you will love our next event so future asid our, our our next event next week is is uh covering the book um the network state uh by balaji uh, hmm. srinvasan he talks about how the next so we are coming from a nation state era which was the industrial age the last 300 years or so headed into this digital age where we're able to have decentralized nations that exist in the metaverse, but then crowdsource, yeah, work through cryptocurrencies and crowdsource actual buying land in the real world, but only have pockets all around the globe, but it'll be a decentralized nation, but it will be a virtual nation. We can all meet and, and exist uh, in both. So I think you'll 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 cool. get something out of that episode. I hope uh, hope it's somebody stole my ideas again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this um, is actually what I was talking about. Yeah, this is a, a fun idea to have a community of people that are well compatible and they can, can create something together and uh, unite with everybody else. Yeah. That's a good start. But I think we. Yeah, I think also what you were talking about at the beginning, where you're saying that maybe we don't need to go out into the universe to explore we can just explore it here isn't that the fermi paradox the idea that the mm -hmm. uh, galaxy may not be as populated by aliens as we think mm -hmm. it is because of the fact that instead they may have just gone into their happy boxes so essentially they create these virtual worlds go into their happy boxes mm -hmm. and they live their lives out in the galaxy without having to travel physically um i think that's an night that's yeah. one of the theories yeah yeah, 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 it could be possible. And as I say, it's like when you think about different plans, like plan A or plan B, plan A is to fly away and, you know, leave our planet when it's dying. Uh, plan B is to, you know, <laughs> change our course of actions and actually cure the planet and our thinking. And maybe we can do both. I always think, okay, there are two different plans. What I can do today is going to be useful plans. <laughs> That's the best solution. And I think that being... Um, you know, trying to think and act in sustainable way will never hurt. 
in any plan is going to be applicable and it's going to be the best course of action. So I think that we should take care of our planet and try to optimize the way we live today and use the all the opportunities that we have uh, and to distribute them a little bit more evenly. Communism, yeah. <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> but yeah, right. yeah, I think we have a potential, even today, we have a very full potential stepping into the next era and using our technologies and our ideas in a much more optimized way. Instead of, you know, spending something. I was, uh, I come from a culture where people remember how it was to be, you know, um, uh, to live in hunger. And when, when I traveled, the States, it was so unusual for me to see that people throw away food. And I thought, first thing mm -hmm. that I thought about was like, it's so, there's so much can optimize. We can just take that, you know, extra stuff that uh, in some places we have some, so much extra stuff and we can just bring it to some areas where lacking. And over time, we could become a very good um, species. There are other uh, life forms that will be great and we'll be ready to meet them because we'll be civilized and we'll be human. And if there is nobody, even more, we have to preserve ourselves. And to, in order to do that, we have to be uh, effective. We have to be positive. We have to be friendly to each other and uh, unite to the mindset of not survival, but creativity of the future. Yeah. That's that sounds great, Haley. Did you want to add anything? I, I think you were. I think this may sound like one of your books here. Uh, if you want to jump in at the last minute here uh, before we end it off, as as Haley's getting his hand up, I will say we're talking about new technologies and being able to express each other uh, creatively cre uh, through creativity. So this picture that we have here actually made for this event by using uh, Midjourney, yeah. uh, or maybe it was Stable Diffusion. Yeah, yeah. It's an AI um, that I basically. Theory of everything, uh, uh, Azzy, you know, I, I don't remember the exact prompt I used, but this is what came out. And so um, we're going to put this, mm. we're going to mint this as an NFT and put it up on our open OpenSea. And, um, you know, the, we'll, cool. we'd love to share that with you as well. If you have a cryptocurrency wallet, we could definitely gift it to you. So let it, let me know. Um, oh, cool. No, I, 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 I still have to educate myself. <laughs> good point. Good yeah. point to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Journey so, Hillian, yes. One more time. <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks again. I don't want to keep talking the book, but yeah, when you were talking about tyranny and um, you know, what happens with intelligences as they go through evolutionary time, uh, we're at the very beginning of that. Uh, these are very much things that I am discussing in this, uh, this series of novels, which uh, will last 10 billion years, so it does cover that. But uh, I, I think I've discussed some of the things with, um, with Azzy and some of the series of everything. I do talk about... Um, um, how we, you know, what what is life and how that relates to death through various civilizations being destroyed by supernovae and things like that. So those are all subjects that I actually um, cover in, in in the book series. And in, in the first book, I do actually have what is a, essentially a VR session where um, people go on a tour of the solar system and off to some nearby stars and that as well. In effectively VR, they're not wearing headsets, but they are. Uh, effectively being are. They start on the Giza Plateau looking up at the sky and then it suddenly reverses direction and they fly. Wow. These are very much things Amazing. I've been thinking about as well. Bring in the yeah. Thank you. Very cool. Ah, no, thank you. It sounds great. I want to check this out. It sounds like it, it reminds me, I have, I'm sure you've read Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. It's a massive, massive uh, book. <laughs> if you, I'm sure you've come <laughs> across it. Uh, sounds similar in, in, in some ways. Um, Oh, well, um, well yeah, I think that that pretty much wraps it up, uh, Azzy. Uh, it's it was great having you here, and as expected, uh, a great conversation with very interesting ideas. And where can people um, get in touch with you? Where can they join your group? How can they become a part of the theory of everything? Uh, we have a channel. If you are in alt space already, that's going to be probably one of the fastest ways to get to our events. Uh, but well, you'll have to get to the web version. So, but we uh, have all the recordings on our channel, which is called As Limitless Mind. So I think it's going to be easy to find me there. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we try to save the videos. Actually, I just realized that uh, because I was hosting, I couldn't always participate fully in the conversation. So I'm, I would love to watch all the videos again and see what the people I know uh, were sharing in previous um, events. So, yeah, I would say channel theory of everything. It's on the second page of channels on website. 
uh, and uh, yeah, YouTube channel. That's that's okay. where you can easily cool. find all the recordings and uh, what's going on in total. We have a Discord, but we're too sometimes too busy to be, so it's not super active. But we still have it. Okay. Well, we'll put the YouTube channel in the show notes, and we'll put the uh, Space channel in the show notes as well. So. Anyone can uh, find that on our, our YouTube channel, The Simulation Nation, and our podcast and uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So um, anyways, thank you, uh, everybody, uh, for coming out. Uh, Escaper Daniel here, Sedeclees, Haley and Ian, really want to read the book. Mendy, thanks for coming. Backsfire, love the hair. Strassi and Hero, of course. And 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 thank you, Azzy, for teleporting in this simulation where uh, you're with us in virtual reality listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or watching on YouTube at The Simulation Nation. Remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, and our Discord server. Uh, then join us next week for Dive into Bology's book, The Network's Day, which I mentioned, uh, which is about creating uh, the virtual nations of the future. Till then, stay plugged, Yay. my friends. There we go. Hi. <laughs> Great. Thanks for inviting me, actually. This was fun. <laughs>